get the sign going up very shortly to uh, engage gear. It'll flick round and then we'll get uh, uh, the watch the lights and the lights will go out and we'll be underway. The green flag is being waved, so we are ready. So engage gear, first race. It is the Ellen Van in Fuel senior race. The revs are up. We're underway now. Since I was old enough to sit on the wall, I've been watching the races and marshalling now for over 40 years at Palabeg on the Southern 100 course. A few weeks back, I attended a marshals training session and I caught up after with Chief Marshal at the Southern, Peter Chadwick. Yes, um, in my job description, um, I have to be certain that everybody that we put out on the course is competent and the only way of ensuring that they're competent is to make sure they've done a training course and um, you know we uh, we need to fit these training courses in because a big problem that we have at the Southern we attract a lot of marshals particularly in July from BSB meetings in, in the UK and there is a, a transition between uh, track and, and a, a road course so we, we like to offer them a training course um, so that they they're aware of the differences. Um, but and what are those differences? They're closer to, to the action to start with. Um, obviously on a track, they're, they're away on a, a tyre wall. Uh, there's a gravel pit in front of them. Um, and they have time to see what's happening in front of them. Um, on a road circuit, it's um, it, it just goes off. They're very close. They get less chance to make their minds up uh, of how to respond. And that's why it's essential that they are uh, taught on on a course just how to respond and and how to be. And and the sudden, I mean, the sudden races. It's it's been now. It, it, well, it'll be three years since uh, racing took place. Uh, just shy of three years. Um, so, presumably, it's like riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it, it, it's all pretty straightforward. Or is it more complicated than that? Um, I wouldn't say it's more complicated. The the ACU have introduced, um, particularly for us on the Balaam course, more knowledge of the the medical side of of the the training, um, which they they've done for insurance purposes. Uh, we can all see the reasons why, but it has put a burden on us um, because we are obviously volunteers. We don't have a funded marshals association to, uh, you know, to be able to organise these these courses. Um, so a lot of people are pulled hard together to to make sure this happens. But uh, as as was very evident uh, this evening, there were I don't know there would be twenty four twenty five people seem to be in here. They're all uh, very enthusiastic. And it's very clear that the uh, marshals uh, are, are still very loyal to the Southern 100 races. Yeah, and we're very grateful for that. I mean, obviously, over the, the three years uh, of, of COVID, we've lost quite a few. Uh, people have found uh, new things to, to fill the time with. Um, we're very short of young marshals. Um, and we we do need more marshals, definitely. We've, we've got you know, good numbers so far, but we like to be in excess of those good numbers, um, you know, for illnesses and, and normal things that occur. So, um, you know, anybody that's interested, please, please come and see. And it's so enjoyable. You meet 
great people, good friend, make good friends and learn good skills. And it is never too late, presumably, to sign up as a marshal. No, um, we can take uh, marshals with the parents' permission from uh, from 16 and we'll, we'll look after them. And um, there is no current age limit. Um, it's about being physically capable um, and, and, you know, assured in yourself that you, you can take on the task. And uh, if someone listening to this programme is interested in marshalling, uh, how, how do they go about that? The easiest way is to go on, online to our, the, the Southern 100 website and go on to marshals and all the information's there, including the signing-on forms. Um, if anybody would like a chat, you know, sit down to to go through it, um, myself or, or June Crawley or Miles Corlett, my two deputies, are always willing to, to meet up and uh, we'll, we'll give as much time as, as we can. And I suppose the, the obvious question, maybe I should have asked a bit sooner, uh, why do you do it? Because we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think in, in my case, I grew up with bikes, uh, always loved bikes. Um, you know, obviously before I could afford a car, I was repairing bikes every weekend to go to work on them and such like. Uh, bikes are in my blood and the main reason I do it is to, to give back to the sport and look after the competitors. You know, they're the number one thing for me. And in terms of competitors, uh, are we looking at a good uh, turnout for the the uh, Classic and the post-TT? Yes, definitely for the classic. Um, you know, the, the riders are so keen to get here after after a long layoff. Um, we, we've got full grids. Um, the post-TT is, is looking pretty good as well. And the post-TT is a good opportunity for local Manx riders to, uh, to get out and, and have a good go. So uh, it's an important event for, for the locals. And then, of course, uh, in July, the Southern 100 races themselves uh, will be taking place again uh, after a three-year absence, and um, that'll be uh, quite something. Yeah, again, um, it's attracting large large numbers, uh, not only of competitors, but also of, of marshals. Um, a lot of marshals enjoy uh, spectators as well as marshals enjoy the southern because it's so fast um you don't get a chance to get bored during a lap you know just over two minutes and the round again um the club keep the racing moving pretty fast and it's a good family event as well because if guys come over with the families they come over to marshall then they've got the three days uh where they can spend the daytime with the families they've got the evenings at the races, and then of course all day Thursday, and and it's all done. Time for a pint in Castletown Square. And uh, can you guarantee we're going to have uh, flag cracking sunshine all the way through? I wish I could. <laughs> well, well, I'll have to pass that over to our club chaplain John Caldwell to keep praying for that. And and of course the uh, one of the the, the 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 difficulties that you have is uh, trying to decide. Uh, when you get those sort of murky days, um, whether you can proceed with the races or whether you can't, and of course the marshals have to be there regardless of uh, of um, you know, the weather. The marshals turn out because it's 
down to the the people who've uh, got the the knowledge and the training in in the central office to decide whether the races can proceed. Uh, that's generally down to the clerk of the course. That's his decision, and um, you know he will take into consideration the weather, uh, wet conditions, and so forth. Um, we're we're just there out on the course as his eyes and ears, and uh, working for him and with him. <laughs> Sector Marshal Henry Qualtrill led the training. He's been marshalling at Castletown Corner for longer than he cares to remember. I've done about 30 years doing um, marshalling, and I've been a sector marshal now for uh, probably about seven years. And uh, it's, it's just something I enjoy doing. You know, you, you put back into the community what you can do. I mean, I used to ride bikes around a lot, and I thought, well, I don't want to race them, but I'll certainly help the boys race. You know, I'd rather do that than... Um, and nothing else really and and uh, it is important i mean the, the the great thing about the southern hundred is everyone everyone knows each other and, and uh, you know there's a, there's a real sort of sense of camaraderie a sort of a almost like a family uh, feel to it isn't there yeah well in a lot of places you want to have that respect from all your marshals that you you sort of know within your family how people are going to react so it's nice to have marshals that you're friendly with and then spontaneously react to any situation because they're not every crash is the same um, they don't all need that serious head at a time I mean it's usually just a slide here a slide there um, but everybody knows what they've got to do and everything's put in place uh, when we're training people we say that you, you must have a, a job specific um, in some aspects yes that's a guideline, I think, more than anything, because you should be able to react, see the state of the crash, whatever the incident is, and then sort of spontaneously get involved rather than have to carry everything to the incident. It's easy enough on the southern because you're so close uh, to every other vantage point. You're not carrying equipment a long, long way, not like the other race course, of course. It's a case of you need everything that's there. So it, 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 you've got to enjoy it, and it's a family affair, as you say. And, and of course, uh, the, the incident element of, of marshalling is relatively minor in terms of the overall time. I think uh, some people at, at this training course uh, this evening may, may have been a bit alarmed at the thought that they're going to be having to, to race out and, 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 and uh, deal with incidents on a fairly frequent basis. Uh, it's it's fairly infrequent, isn't it, that these things happen? But it's important that the marshals are exceptionally well-trained and know what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's one thing with the Southern. You are going to have an incident no matter what session that you're going uh, to attend, you will have some sort of incident. The gravity of the incidents, they change, obviously, with time. Um, the bikes are getting faster, they're more streamlined. Um, there's all them sort of aspects towards the, the bikes themselves. And, you know, when I started marshalling back in the 70s, they were slow bikes. These aren't slow bikes anymore, you know. So obviously, the, the the danger element extends even more. And if you go round the course, you'll see all the rector cells. I was watching a video the other day, and there was only like four bales at Stadium Corner. You look at that corner now. There's bales all the way down the wall. So, and, and of course, the the other thing that uh, we notice uh, is um, the difference between 
the, the first set of races which is going to be taking place, which is the effectively the classic uh, bikes, and then uh, the post-TT uh, race where suddenly they're going an awful lot faster. Yeah, <clears throat> well, that that is completely right. You know, you're going back to the older bikes and then bang up to date with the new bikes. It's It still needs marshalling. You know, they're, they're out there. They're going to go at their own pace. It's just the incidents or, or the gravity of the incidents that change. But you've still got to be there. It doesn't matter what it is and hopefully react in the right manner. And in terms of marshalling, would you encourage anyone who's interested to, to sort of get involved? Oh, yeah, we, we need the marshals without a doubt. Um, uh, Back in our day, we all went out on a bike. We all endeared towards getting a bike as a license. Now, they're not. The money's there. People are getting cars. They've just gone away from the bikes. So it's getting harder and harder to get marshals because they're not bike involved. Martin McGrath led the training session regarding medical support. Uh, yeah, I've been doing the medical aspect of the IMC training since... Um, I think October 20, we finalised a new format in September of last year and uh, our goal is to get all marshals on the mountain course through the IMC course. Uh, from next year, we have to be on the Southern 100 course in line with the ACU training. So I was just asked a couple of months ago to put something together so we could put on the course for this year which tonight was our, our trial night, for want of a better word. But we've had a really good turnout. Uh, people are very receptive, and um, I think it's gone quite well. And it's a really important skill for marshals to have, to have some fairly basic knowledge uh, about how to deal with uh, some quite significant trauma. Sure, it's, it's basic life skills, which they can carry over into all aspects of life, and um, even in the workplace or home life um, and we are we're talking about the very basics in the first moment after an incident is such important uh, with regards to the overall outcome of, a, of an injured rider and, and of course around the whole of the southern hundred course there are loads of um, paramedics and uh, several doctors as well so it's not just uh, left to uh, you know a, a one session training for marshals uh, that the, they've actually got the professional support too oh certainly not yeah as regards as road races go there's a very comprehensive medical uh, aspect which certainly this time in the year it, it runs over from the TT so we do have a high volume of uh, doctors and paramedics um, this is we benefit from local knowledge with local marshals and um, their knowledge of each other and that's priceless really and it does help us greatly and you've obviously uh, you were saying in the course that you've had experience not just uh, of uh, road racing on the isle of man but you've also been away i mean this is uh, presumably from a medical perspective this is um, a fascinating topic for you because uh, uh, it's not something that you would be f- seeing in a, in a sort of general uh, hospital on a, on a daily basis Certainly not. I suppose it's the, it's a learning aspect for all of us that would work in this sector because, uh, especially on the Isle of Man, outside of the racing season, we don't experience a lot of trauma, and um, it is um, it is an unusual period for us. It's exciting. It's scary. It uh, it brings the island alive in more ways than one, and it's nice to know that racers are 
confident to come here and feel that they've got as much support behind them as possible. And, and of course, one of the, the positive aspects of this for people like me, who uh, uh, had an unfortunate accident with a horse, which <laughs> I won't go into, yeah. but I basically had my hand smashed, uh, the horse kicked me hand yeah. and smashed into a thousand pieces. Yeah. And of course... You couldn't have been in a better place than the Isle of Man because of all these uh, riders going around uh, smashing their hands on, on walls. Um, the, the doctors knew exactly what to do to fix my hand. Yeah, and motorcycles have throttles, so anybody that goes on a horse, really, that, uh, <laughs> that's got a mind of its own. Yeah, some of the traumatic incidents we have from horse riding, is, um, that's challenging as well because where the horse tends to be when these things happen isn't... Uh, always accessible so it does throw up its own um, challenges After the break we'll hear a little bit from the Southern 100 2019 senior race as well as catching up with commentator Tim Glover MHK and race marshal and fan David Cretney I caught up with DOI Minister Tim Krugel, MHK, and asked about the significant role his department plays in preparing the courses. I would have to say quite a large role with regards to the infrastructure. We had the closure of the mountain road for seven weeks. Um, and again, you know, it was work that needed hadn't been done, I suppose, for three years since the last TT we had. Um, it's absolutely imperative the work we do whether it be on the TT course, the Southern course, or actually just on ordinary roads, you know, we have to make sure that the roads are of a certain standard. Yes, I think it's fair to say that the TT course and the Southern 100 course probably gets a little bit more attention than the others, um, but they do bring in an awful lot more money um, with regards to tourism and things like that. But it's we work together with Home Affairs and DFE you know, to make the TT and the Southern 100 as successful as possible. What One of the other elements that the department is uh, engaged with to a lesser extent now perhaps than than uh, it used to be is uh, road safety. Uh, obviously the Isle of Man uh, police force uh, deals primarily with that. But um, I noticed, I couldn't help but notice, a whole load of new poles with black plastic bags over the top have appeared on the shoulder road, um, for example, um, which appear to be heralding the arrival of a 50 miles an hour speed limit and presumably uh, is that a, a temporary thing for the TT? Yes that's been brought in temporarily for the TT but uh, that's the sort of thing that we would do um, working with the DHA um, with the police unit and you know for, purely for a safety issue over the TT period um, but and don't forget in this the motorsport group of course they worked very hard behind the scenes for the last three years and uh, this is they basically steer the next two weeks over the TT period yeah, we work with them um, it's a huge huge project with a lot of people involved and we just want a successful incident free if you like safe fortnight uh, with lots and lots of sunshine as the chief minister's promises yesterday I believe oh, well that's good news <laughs> I mean, I, but but things like that uh, I mean I know because obviously I live quite close to the area um, it, probably every day um, the the shoulder road uh, is closed uh, during the TT fortnight because of a serious in- incident um, so introducing that 50 mile an hour um, temporary speed limit uh, potentially uh, is going to save significant numbers of lives. Yes, and that's what it's all about, I suppose, Doing putting on any of these events, whether it's the TT or whatever, but doing it safely. You know, the last thing we want is somebody not going home. You know, There will be people that aren't happy with that, um, 
I'm not always happy with some of these things, but you have to look at it from the overall holistic picture sometimes. Uh, and at the end of the day, we want visitors and locals to be safe during these periods, uh, as safe as possible. Um, and if that's what we have to do, we'll look at it. And if it doesn't work for whatever reason, then we'll, you know, we're always happy to review these things. But uh, at the moment, it's probably, you know, as you said, and you live down there and others live down there. So we've got to keep people safe. Are you a TT fan yourself? Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. Um, had a bike years ago, and but I do enjoy being out there and about the, and in, you know up at the grandstand or out and about on the course and just watching it, talking to people. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a good buzz for the island. What's a, what sort of bike did you have? Uh, I was now a Honda. I had a one eight five many years ago, and then uh, a one two five when somebody changed the law, and I couldn't have that, and I had to go down to a one two five. But uh, intention is at some stage to do me a CBT again and get another bike. Well, I, I had uh, well, I used me, me my brother had a, a little one two five uh, Kawasaki, and in our day, uh, with a provisional license, uh, you could you could go out and, and, and ride without any uh, anything other than your provisional license. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my one claim to fame was I, I was I, I took one big journey on the Kawasaki from uh, all the way from from Poolvash to St John's, and I was. Uh, I had a full face helmet on, just coming down into uh, Foxtel, and I sneezed. <laughs> and I couldn't see a thing. And I, it was awful. And, yeah, quite, quite uh, unfortunate. So, so yeah, we, um, I, I'm sure there are, there, there are ways to avoid <laughs> things like that. I'm a bit of a speed wobbler at about 40 miles an hour, I guess. It's, uh, <laughs> just hope there's nobody else about, but... Uh, yeah, it's good. Motorcycling is good fun, yeah. And we'll, we will see circa 30,000 cyclists, motorcyclists here over the next fortnight. And I just hope that, you know, they all have a really good time and uh, we look after them here and they, they spend lots of money here and, you know, they enjoy the racing. Was there any ever any doubt that the racers would uh, come back after the nearly three years' absence? I suppose, I mean, I wasn't here for those interim years, um, but I, I suppose there will have been time, and I've had the conversation with people, if you'd have left it, if it hadn't happened this year, you know, we'd, I think we would have been struggling, you know, from the point of view of getting all the marshals back, you know, health and safety might have changed a bit, and it would have got harder and harder year on year to sort of get it going again. Um, so I think it was absolutely great that we were get, able to get it on this year, uh, and I, hopefully it'll be you know, some superb racing in the sunshine, and everybody will have a great time. Just in case you've forgotten, this is how much fun the races can be. Good evening. Welcome to the Isle of Man Steam Packet Sudden 100 Road Racers. Well, it's my wife, uh, Jane's birthday. All day I've been asked, where are you taking her this evening? Well, surely there's no better place than a race evening at the Colaspalown course. Romance is very much alive and well. Well, what a schedule we have for you this evening. Uh, five races ahead. We're going to start at 6.20 with the Ellen Van and Fuels senior race over seven laps. Two nights of practice, contrasting conditions. Monday evening was uh, pretty damp and uh, we did have a delay with a problem for around 45 minutes with radio communications being down. And for the big bikes, we're going to see them out uh, first in the first race. Dean Harrison was quickest, 2 minutes 17.233 seconds. That's 111.489 miles per hour. Second was Michael Dunlop at 110.775 miles per hour. And third, Jamie Cowan at 108.887 miles per hour. 
Newton. Well, let's go and see what's happening further down the Castletown bypass. And uh, Chris Kinley, there's always that anticipation, isn't there, before the big bikes go out at the Belau on the Colas Belau course. Yeah, good evening, Tim. Good evening to you and Roy as well, and everybody else. Like Roy said, listing wherever they may be. Yes. And there is Dean Harrison on pole position, coming into position. Jamie Coward also in position, and uh, Michael Dunlop. Uh, well, he uh, is uh, further back. He does uh, like to just sort of drop back a little bit, but he will go in slot into the middle there of that front row. And we'll get the sign going up very shortly to uh, engage gear. It'll flick round and then we'll get uh, uh, the watch the lights and the lights will go out and we'll be underway. The green flag is being waved, so we are ready. So engage gear, first race. It is the Ellen Van in Fuel senior race. The revs are up. We're underway now. Great start. It looked like by Jamie Coward, but let's go to Chris Kinley. Yeah, could it be the Yamahas to the Kawasaki? It's not as Dean Harrison. He's in second place to Dean Harrison from Rob Hodson, who won this race last year. He's in second place, Tim. They are indeed just the one machine sighted. A couple more now, but it looks like there's a break, and it is indeed Dean Harrison. Through he goes. Two minutes, th 23, and there's number three, Michael Dunlop into second, 36, Jamie Cowart in third, and Rob Hodson, number 44, is through. Just let you listen to these through. Sounds like a swarm of angry wasps going through here, but it is Dean Harrison that's made the break. And he had a, a pretty sizable lead uh, of uh, 3.891 seconds. But it is Harrison, number one, ahead of number three, Dunlop. Nearly four seconds the advantage. Dunlop has a one-second advantage over number 36, Jamie Coward. And he is just a whisker ahead of number 44, Rob Hodson. Michael Dunlop clear, but they'll be on the bridge. Tim. Yeah, just the one machine sighted so far, and he comes over the crest of the hill. It is Dean Harrison, the solo champion, and he's almost the whole length of the straighter away. 113, there's Dunlop. And in third, there's 36, Jamie Coward. There's number 44, Rob Hodgson. I spoke to Tim Glover about his love for road racing. What a wonderful way to introduce the commentary to the Southern 100 races three years ago now mm. yes uh, it's unfortunate for Jane because it's quite often her birthday is the 10th of July so quite often it will clash with the Southern 100 and our wedding anniversary uh, is always in the middle of uh, what was the festival of most cycling now the Manx Grand Prix so uh, bikes definitely rule in our household <laughs> dictate quite a lot of what happens socially and it's blatantly obvious from anyone who listens to your commentary that you love doing it absolutely love it uh, and uh, obviously now becoming an MHK it, it was impossible to to keep up the full commitments but I was very keen to uh, try and keep involved at Balloon Colas Balloon course to give it its full title to get in the mode and uh, I'm very grateful that Manx Radio have honoured that uh, talk we had when I, I stood down from my position here uh, to stand for election and uh, it keeps my hand in and I, I just love the Southern 100 and the pre-TT and the post-TT. There's just something magical about the racing down in the south of the island. And of course it's uh, it's important 
constituency-wise, because uh, you know it, it's it, it brings business in, into particularly into Castletown. It is, and uh, the course actually goes through Arbury, Castletown, and Maloon, and uh, in fact, all the commentary points are in different parts of that constituency if you look at it carefully. So uh, it, it fits with where I'm representing as well. But the main reason, of course, is just the the love of the racing that goes on down there and uh, I'm very grateful still to be involved. And, and what is it you particularly, what, you, what would you say your favourite bit about the, the whole thing is? Well, I it goes right back to childhood. I can remember going and watching the racing, uh, particularly on the big championship day on a Thursday afternoon. You used to get that afternoon off at Victoria Road School, so that was a, a, an immediate love with the racing because you got a half day away from school. And uh, used to go and sit uh, in the evenings and uh, on the Thursday afternoon to watch the big championship races, the highlight of the Southern 100, sit at Castletown Corner, and he used to be sitting almost, well, he wouldn't be able to sit where he used to sit now. You know, almost had your, your feet uh, off the pavement and into the road uh, that close. And it was seeing people like uh, Joey Dunlop racing down there in his prime. And uh, George Fogarty is another name. They used to have some really good battles, those two. He's the uh, the father of Carl Fogarty. And then you've had Ian Locker, who's been there forever and ever, it seems, racing at uh, Blind. So it goes right back to school days, the, the, the affinity with that race meeting. And uh, I mean, you mentioned that uh, Joey Dunlop. I mean, it, it was always fantastic to watch, and you could almost guarantee that... Uh, it, almost to the inch where he would be on on the circuit every single lap exactly the right place um fantastic to see the 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 skill and the ability of of these riders not quite the same with Michael Dudlop, who seems to use the whole road to uh, to 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 race i always thought that with the dunlops and uh We've only got Michael, of course, left now to, to, to admire his racing skills, but Michael always seemed to be much more like his father, Robert, a little bit rough around the edges, but a uh, very committed uh, racer. He's got smoother and smoother as his career's gone on, but uh, he used to wrestle a bike around the course, uh, whether it be the TT course, the mountain course, or, or at Boulogne. And I always thought William was a much smoother rider and much more like Joey. Um, but uh, yeah, Michael, let's hope we see him back in action down there uh, come July and uh, give Dean Harrison a bit of competition down there because he's been quite dominant of late. And, and who, I mean, obviously um, the, the TT is, is upon us. Yeah. So uh, have you got any, any predictions, top tips for, for, for the TT? I don't think you're going to... I mean, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because everybody's been away for three years, so it doesn't matter whether you're a newcomer or someone who's very experienced going around the mountain course. Everybody's going to have to ease in uh, a little bit and just uh, give themselves that chance just to remember it again. Um, so I think initially we'll probably see speeds a little bit lower than we're used to, uh, but then it'll quickly... The memory will come back. Uh, it'd be like proverbial riding a bike and uh, the speeds will will gradually uh, keep going up and up and that's very dependent as well on on, on the weather um, the last TT wasn't so good weather-wise um, 
but the year before I think it was we had wall-to-wall sunshine for the whole fortnight and we saw those incredible speeds and the TT just for a little while take over as the fastest course in the world uh, ahead of the Ulster Grand Prix um, it's getting that rubber down on the track that's essential so uh, it washes away obviously when there's rain and if it just gets sticky and it's a lot more grip there on the course and the speeds will be higher so if if we see that uh, i think you're not going to be looking too far away from what we saw three years ago and uh, could well be harrison and hickman right up at the front but there are many others to challenge you know michael's only just got a a super bike um, so he's going to take a, a little bit of getting used to that once again. So, But he's a, another contender. Um, let's not forget Connor. Connor's very consistent at the TT. Just needs that win. Just always on the podium. But let's uh, see if he can push for that win. I, I mean, obviously, since the um, a long hiatus in, in, in terms of the, the TT and indeed the Southern 100 racing, um, we, we've got a new, a completely new uh, House of Keys um, do you do you get the feel from members that they are as passionate and supportive of the TT as perhaps uh, they they may have been when we had the likes of David Cretney and uh, Adrian Earnshaw, the late Adrian Earnshaw, and and, and various others, um, big big supporters of of uh, road racing. I think there are. Uh, Rob Callister's been uh, the motorsport representative at uh, Enterprise. In the last administration, he's continued that role uh, this time around as well. So he clearly has a, a love for the TT. Uh, the chief minister spoke very passionately in the House of Keys about uh, the island being ready for the TT, and he could feel the uh, sense of anticipation that there is this year. You know, and he's guaranteed sunshine. Well, yes, you heard what uh, the rest of the House <laughs> of Keys said to that. You don't talk about the weather. Take it a day as it uh, a day at a time. But yes, there was uh, consternation in the Keys, wasn't there, when he said, "Oh, we've got a good two. Stop, stop! Don't say it! Don't say it! Don't jinx it!" <laughs> And of course, the the difference between the Southern Hundred course and the TT is, uh, if there is a bit of low cloud about, the races at the Southern can yeah. continue, but it's much more difficult uh, for that to happen at the TT. It can't happen at the TT. They've got to have that helicopter cover up there on the uh, mountain, and uh, now, of course, they need that for the live coverage. Uh, the two helicopters uh, for the media uh, filming it live, uh, but at the Southern, that's not as essential. And the Southern won't operate if there starts to get standing water and uh, everything else like that. They will take safety into consideration. And uh, let's not forget just how powerful these superbikes are now as well. And you've got to factor that in on slippy roads in the south of the island. Uh, it's not a good mix, really, is it? So by the time this... Um that this particular piece is is broadcast we'll have had the the friday evening practice we'll have had the 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 racing uh, and practice on the saturday and uh you'll be looking forward doing your prep work in 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 time for the monday's uh, day of racing yeah the full day on monday and that's uh always a a great day down at Boulogne, and because the tt now is having its first practice session on the sunday afternoon it does allow the organisers down at the pre-TT Classic Road races to rejig things and actually bring 
I mean, it used to be they'd do some practice Friday evening, practice at the start of Saturday afternoon, and then they'd fit one or maybe two races in on the Saturday uh, afternoon. But they've managed to rejig that, so they're going to have all practice, as more practice effectively, on the uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. Bit of a break, and you get well looked after down at the uh, Southern Hundred course there by the team down there with the uh, cakes and sandwiches and everything else. So uh, is it just for the cake that you do it then? Uh, I, I, you've, you've found <laughs> me out. You, you've grilled into it, yes. But, uh, no, that's just another really nice friendly element it is the friendly uh, races down there and they've got to keep that element that's essential uh, but they will have a break and then racing three races it is in the evening so that will whet the appetite ahead of the sunday afternoon tt practice and a full day of racing down at balone on monday and, and of course for the for the southern uh, the acu is far more involved this year and next year i understand the acu will, will take over completely at the uh, the southern 100 how, how is that change going to influence things do you think well i i think it's had to happen because uh, unfortunately uh, a lot of the the hierarchy within the southern 100 club have uh, have grown old together and there hasn't been that succession built in and uh, they do need somebody they'll organize the meeting but they do need somebody to actually run the races so the my understanding is uh, the acu are going to monitor this year and see how it runs see how it's organized from a race perspective and then they will uh, put their people in next year and i think it's really important that the acu respect that the this is the friendly races you know the riders get tea tokens and little things like that that really make it special to them uh, as a meeting and uh, they they do tend to run it as well like clockwork and if they can get ahead of schedule they will get ahead of schedule uh, and won't rigidly just stick to times they're conscious of the fact the roads are closed so I just hope they respect the elements that are different down there and of course we've got the mass starts and that's one of the big attractions of uh, the Southern 100 and racing around the Coles Balloon course. We'll hear the end of the Southern 100 2019 senior race shortly, but first, lifelong road race supporter and rider David Cretney. There can't be anybody on the Isle of Man that has more experience of road racing on the Isle of Man than, than yourself. I mean, David, you've you've been the minister in charge of it, you've raced in it, you've uh, marshalled and you've sat on, on the deck chair and watched um what would what would you say is your favorite of all those uh, in, engagements with the races i think being involved chairing the organization for 10 years was a real thrill for me having uh, gone back when my mum and dad were divorced when i was a baby part of the divorce settlement indicated that my dad had access to me for certain race events like the senior race day for the tt or the manx so that's 60 plus years ago. So that's how far back I go. But then obviously racing in the Southern 100 in the mid-1970s, then going on to the Manx Grand Prix. Uh, there's nothing else like it. You know, it's uh, very exciting. And uh, when you're sitting on the hedge watching the boys these days, I'm pretty glad that I'm sitting on the hedge watching rather than participating. You, you wouldn't fancy a comeback. <laughs> no, I, 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 a couple of years ago, I... Uh, 
said for an April Fool on Facebook that I'd put my entry in for the Southern 100 Classic event. Um, and people say, oh, well done, good luck, Dave, and all that kind of thing. No. Um, I enjoy watching. I enjoy marshalling at Blaff Bridge um, for the TT and the Manx and everything. Uh, but no, I won't be participating anytime soon. And, and what, I mean, f- for those of us who, who haven't ever raced in a, either the TT or the Southern 100, what, what, what does it actually feel like? I mean, you, you, you're there um, on the start line, ready yeah. to go. What, what, what are the emotions that are going through you? Well, before you start, you're, if you're not a little bit nervous, then you, you're not human. But once you get started, uh, uh, if you were to use the Southern as an example, you're almost straight away into Balakagan in the, in the middle of a bunch of uh, other riders who you have to trust because you're all going in. Uh, because it's a mass start, you're all going in together. So that's kind of really exciting. Then there's a straight down to the Iron Bridge, so you've got time to kind of uh, calm down a bit after that. Uh, but it's just, there is nothing else in terms of excitement. And the good thing in terms of the TT and stuff these days is that the riders are no longer required to participate as part of the World Championship as they once were. They had to come along, they had to score points as part of the World Championship. Now they do it because it is the best thrill anybody who who races motorcycles can get. And and you say that, I mean, that's that's quite a bold statement. So so why is it the, the most thrilling? Well, it's, it's the most thrilling because, you know, you, you, if you were to use an analogy, I guess you would describe the TT course as the Everest of um, motorcycle racing. Uh, it's just a challenge and... We live in a cotton wool world where people are kind of protected from this, protected from that. This is completely different. This is down to yourself and your own initiative. And it's dangerous and you can be a bit selfish. You know, if you've got kids or whatever, it can be a bit selfish. Um, But it's something once it's in your blood. And, you know, as I said, having been involved as long as I have, it's certainly part of my makeup Um, you know, I have a room at home which is full of TT, Manx Grand Prix, Southern 100, etc. memorabilia. I, it's just a very important part of my life. Um, and I just, you know, my life revolves around Christmas, my birthday, the TT and the Southern 100, you know. And it might sound a bit sad, but that's how it is. It's just really important. So as a minister then, um, what what were the sorts of responsibilities, all the... The, the sort of the the excitement, but also the sadness and the and and the uh, you know the the shock of, of of people losing their lives and things. There's there's, there's so many uh, emotions going on, really, aren't there? Yes, absolutely. I, between 1996 and 2006, I chaired the TT organisation, and having been as interested and as I was and remain, that was a great thrill for me. However, as you say, um, with it's a kind of uh, roller coaster of emotions, really, and there will inevitably be uh, tragedies. I guess the thing is that people are no longer forced to participate. They do so because of their own free will and because it's something that is really exciting and and they uh, and they love. Um, when Peter Neal, who I always consider to be the voice of the TT, was uh, commentating and uh, was central at the grandstand, if ever there were to be a, a a tragedy, he would inform me so that I was prepared for when I would be inevitably contacted by 
the media to talk about these kind of things. And the only way of defending it is people are making a free choice to participate. Of course, there are uh, media channels whose only interest is the uh, the, the fatalities or, or, or the tragic accidents, um, which is a shame uh, because th- there are so many dangerous things that people do around the world and th- th- you know, th- there is a positive side to all this. Well, absolutely. You know, people from around the world are attracted to the Isle of Man. They come 40,000 plus for the TT and I just think one of the great things is uh, when I'm marshalling at Blaff Bridge, you can get, have gangs of French or Italian or South American people shouting across the road to each other or singing. It's 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 just a special bond um, which people from wherever they come uh, just enjoy together. And yes, it, it, unfortunately, the, the negative headlines... D- do dominate but whatever happens there's an ongoing program of uh, the organization trying to do whatever they can to make the event as safe as they can however it needs to be recognized the motorcycle road racing as milky once said it's not tiddlywinks and so as such there will inevitably be uh, tragedies um, and we have to kind of learn from those uh, if there's anything to be learnt, very often they're kind of freak accidents which won't ever happen again, and that's unfortunate. But w- whenever there is an accident, then, uh, and and as I say, there's a continued programme of trying to do whatever we can to make the event as uh, safe as it can be whilst recognising this is road racing. And, of course, the risk is what makes it so thrilling. Yes, ab- absolutely, you know, the... the, the as I said earlier, um, we live in a world where kind of it's a bit vanilla, it's a bit, you know, I don't know, average. This is above average. This, this, not only the participants but the spectators, everybody involved, want to do something more than just the norm. The norm can be a bit boring. The norm can be a bit, you know, average. Whereas participating or watching or even marshalling everybody plays their part together to make sure that the event continues in the successful mode it has you know when I was minister they 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 said oh the event will finish in 2007 that will be centenary that will be the end of it they had this they had said the same about the world championship once it loses its world championship status that will be the end of it both wrong it went it's gone on to the um centenary of the mountain course in in 2010 and and here we are 12 years later and if you look at all the enthusiasm for people who are wanting to come back to enjoy everything from the pre-TT classics on the southern course and and finishing off on the southern course as well everything else that goes on in between it's just such a magical formula and it makes the Isle of Man a special party place for a couple of weeks. And we love the island as it is. We love the heritage, the beauty and all that. And so do the TT fans. They're not just interested in uh, rock music, beer and burgers. They love everything about our island. Well, we heard earlier in the programme the, the start of the uh, senior race on the uh, Southern 100 course 2019. So uh, we'll now, as the programme finishes here the end of that particular race.
lap record for this race, 114.173. I would suggest it's in danger. Here's Harrison. Not on this lap, though, but he is uh, comfortably through. And here comes Michael Dunlop over the hill now. <clears throat> and the gap goes out by another second. 8.1 seconds, the advantage. And over the school hill rise and onto his last lap is Dean Harrison. No quicker than on lap five, the previous lap, 114.019. Now Michael Dunlop comes into view, so it's an increasing advantage. And Michael Dunlop now 11 seconds down on Dean Harrison. He's home and hosed if he can get round on this last lap. And perfect timing. Dean Harrison, I think it was, just across the bridge. Let's get the programmes in the air and give him a big applause here as he takes the first victory at the 2019 meeting. Stands up on the pegs as well. The 19th victory here at the Southern 100 meeting for Dean Harrison. Here's your man in second place, Michael Dunlop. Great to see Michael racing here. And uh, no uh, quicker laps by Harrison or Dunlop. I think they knew everything was done and dusted. We'll confirm number 36, Jamie Coward, as he uh, just comes into view now and confirm him in third. Let's go down to Chris Kinley. Yeah, got off the bike looking pretty fresh as well. Just handed the bike to Johnny, the boys. And, well, I'm pretty sure a return to Boulogne and a winning return to Boulogne. Dean, great to have you back. And, well, how was that? Yeah, faultless, to be honest. Uh, the bike, spot on. Couple of little throttle issues, not major. Metzler tyres working really well. So, and that were on a set of scrubs as well, to be honest. Yeah, over 114. Yeah, I felt really comfortable, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's more, to, a lot more to come if needs be. Uh, it was good. It's good. It's nice for a good race to get you ready. I get nervous round here, to be honest. It's, I still, it's nice to get the first race out there and settle myself down. So, and I feel the most comfortable on that bike, to be honest. Uh, few little issues with 600. We'll see how that goes next. But over the moment. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Yeah, another club are very conscious of the one to get on. And great to see Michael back here again. Great to see you at the Southern 100 again. Michael, good to be back. That was hard work. Nice. That thing there, like hanging around with your wife's boyfriend. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to do it, you know what I mean? But just not doing what I wanted to do. It's just disappointing at the minute, you know what I mean? It's, no matter what we seem to do, it doesn't seem to, to make a change. But look, we just batter away. We just we caught in the first lap badly there. So... Uh, and then Dean just buggered off, which we knew he, just, he, doesn't, he doesn't need a breath, him. So there's your first three, Tim, in the first race of the day here at the 2019 Southern 100. And we'll get back to you. Well done to the top three. Tim. Thank you very much, Chris Kinley. Wow, what a start we've had then to the uh, Steam Packet 2019 Southern 100 meeting. Dean Harrison then uh, was the quickest. And uh, let's just have a look. Uh, uh, the seven laps, uh, 16 minutes. Uh, was the, He's gone under the 16 minutes. So I think that is a race record for Dean Harrison at 15 minutes, 55.055 seconds. Uh, in the programme, it's down as Dean Harrison uh, in 2018 at 16 minutes, 25.85 seconds. So uh, he has, uh, well, taken uh, half a minute, that is. Uh, he's taken off the race record. Very, very impressive start from the reigning solo champion. I hope you enjoyed this week's perspective. I'm Phil Gorn, Gaukarel in the region. Have a safe TT.